Good morning, everyone. I'm R.W. Estella with a word in Edgewise. Today is the 11th of May, the 132nd day of this leap year of 2020. We have 234 days ahead of us until 2021. This past Thursday, May 7th, the first Thursday of May, was the anniversary of the Johns Hopkins Hospital in Baltimore, opening its doors in 1889. On Thursday, we also had May's full moon, the flower moon, also known as the mother's moon, the milk moon, and the corn planting moon. Many years by this time, I would have already planted some of my garden, especially the corn and peas and lettuce and such, but I'm late this year. As May's full moon was rising larger than normal in the clear eastern sky just after sunset this past Thursday evening, I got to thinking how quiet and still everything seemed. Just a faint breeze and May's supermoon, the third closest, third largest moon of 2020. And the next morning, this past Friday, just before dawn, I happened to step out to retrieve the newspaper and looked up in time to the east to see a couple of meteors from the annual Etta Akrid meteor shower flying through a limitless sky. Johns Hopkins Hospital over the past 121 years has, of course, evolved into Johns Hopkins University and Medicine, known to many of us of late for their up-to-the-minute COVID-19 reports. As of this past Friday morning, total confirmed cases worldwide, as listed on the Johns Hopkins website, were 3,875,995, with 270,404 deaths globally. Total confirmed cases in the United States was 1,259,108, with 75,781 deaths in the U.S., That meant that our skewed ratio is continuing. In the United States, we have only 4% of the world's population, but we thus far have had 33% of the world's confirmed cases of COVID-19. Today is the birthday of Irving Berlin, who never learned to read music, yet had hits such as Alexander's Ragtime Band, Oh, How I Hate to Get Up in the Morning, Always, White Christmas, and God bless America. Berlin was born to Leah Balin and Moses Balin in 1888 in Temum, Siberia, where the Jewish families were constantly in dread of attacks from the Cossacks. Eventually, having suffered one too many a Cossack attack, the Balins relocated to New York City, where Irving's dad Moses could only find part-time work as a cantor and turned to giving Hebrew lessons and working long hours in a kosher slaughterhouse, where Moses lasted only four years before dying from exhaustion. His wife, Leah, Irving's mother, couldn't speak English, but nevertheless set about trying to support the family, first by breaking up the family's brass samovar to sell pieces to scrap dealers. Biographer Ed Morrow tells us the children began taking odd jobs, and Irving began going by the nickname Izzy, dropping out of school at age eight to peddle newspapers, hoping to earn enough to buy his mother a rocking chair. Izzy sang in saloons, though unable to read music. He nonetheless taught himself to play the black keys of the piano to accompany himself. Mother Lee 
Leah, meanwhile, was horrified by the dives Izzy worked in and once stormed into a particularly low place to drag him home. Once her son told her he wanted to become a singer-waiter, Leah drew the line. For a while, Izzy complied. But soon he ran away from home and secured a singing-waiter job, working also as a song-plugger. His real success came, of course, when he started writing songs, one of which was misprinted on the sheet music as I Berlin, and Izzy Balin became Irving Berlin, who finally bought his mother a rocking chair and a mansion, complete with servants, to put the rocker in. Berlin has remarked, the toughest thing about success is that you've got to keep on being a success. Speaking of success... <clears throat> Today, in 2015, Pablo Picasso's The Women of Algiers, version O, sold for 179 million U.S. dollars at a Christie's auction in New York. It's also the birthday of Margaret Rutherford in 1892, of Salvador Dali in 1904, and of Phil Silvers in 1912. Today in 2020, success is being measured against the backdrop of a pandemic that is becoming the most challenging engagement of the 21st century, rivaled only by climate change. A steady stream of data is showing the United States could well improve its handling of COVID-19. Our testing of the national population is woefully minute, having obtained, as of this past Friday, only 8,105,513 results which translates to having tested only 2% of our population. In spite of not really knowing the extent of infection, an ignorant and unwilling to become informed segment of the population in the United States wants to pretend that COVID-19 isn't a critical concern and instead should be ignored. The number of known un unknowns is vast. Even if or when we have significant testing in place, we need to contend with as in any testing, the rates of false positive and false negative, which can only be dealt with accurately by additional testing and upgrading of testing procedures. Guesses abound. Some guesses speculate that before everything really ebbs, 70% of human beings will have contracted the virus, unless we social distance to beat the band, test, 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 isolate, continue to social distance, test, 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 until we truly have a fix on the virus. Our nearest analogy in history is a century ago with the 1918-1919 Spanish flu pandemic, a plague both complex and simple. Complex in the ways the survivor of the plague that killed more than 50 million people were affected, simple in the manner that a second and third wave of the plague killed so many because of a collective ignorance about Contamination 101. From Orono, Maine, I'm R.W. Estella with a word in Edgewise. Here's to the second week of May, putting us almost a month away from summer 2020.